You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back, everybody. Another edition here of the Auburn Undercover Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Network. My name is Nathan King. I have our roundtable edition of the show a day later this week because me and Mark talked about the basketball game this morning, and the game isn't until Saturday night. So we want to give you know, y'all, y'all have a little bit more time to listen to it. But this is, of course, uh, an abnormal roundtable. We are obviously going to get to the game and talk about that, but uh, it's been a lot more there's been a lot of other stuff going on this week. Other than that, of course, we're a few days now removed from Brian Harson being fired as the head coach. It feels like it's been an eternity since that happened. Um, obviously, you had Cadillac Williams being implemented as the interim head coach. The staff was shuffled around a bunch. But uh, as we have Philip Marshall, Mark Murphy, and Jason Caldwell in here, guys, we still we were talking about before we started, we've still got to play a fo- <laughs> They still got to go play a football game. Um, on Saturday, Jason, Jason wondered before we started, if this was the, or what y'all did, if this was the least talked about SEC game in a, in a long time. Um, but you know, it's there, I think, you know, Cadillac said it this week that I, you know, it's good for him for being transparent and focusing on the right things. But he said, I can't promise we'll win any games, but you know, he did say that they're going to get, you know, try to go about things the right way. These, these final four games and, um, really that was, you know, just one of several things that he's, that he's talked about this week, um, that I think, and I think we can all agree that he's, he's handled this thing in, incredibly. I mean, I, I don't know how he could have done any of this any better, Philip. I mean, you wrote about it this week. This is somebody you've known for a long time. You've covered for, for a long time. It's, it's, it's within his character to, to be this way. He's been like this ever since he was a five-star recruit, um, coming to Auburn as a freshman, but, between the teleconference, between the stuff that Auburn has posted, um, the fans have gotten completely attached to this. They they are all over it, and they are all in on uh, on Cadillac these last four games. So it certainly seems like Auburn and the players seems like they they're they're on it too. And so it seems like Auburn made the right decision in terms of uh, of what to do with the interim role. Yeah, uh, you know Cadillac is an Auburn guy through and through, and uh, he doesn't just talk about it. He really is. He he really. Anytime you ever sit down and talk to him, he will talk to you about the about what Auburn has meant to his life, not just and uh, and he really means it. And I think he is truly honored uh, to be in this in this position. And that's gonna his players are gonna are going to feed off that. I, I feel like, and uh, you know, I, I really believe, and I felt this way for a few weeks that a change would provide some energy. And, uh, and I really do believe it has, uh, 
And that's one reason that we were talking before we started here. I, I picked Mississippi State, but I've been I've been having second thoughts ever since. And uh, I'm not sure Auburn might not win this game. And the, Auburn, the strength of Auburn's defense is pass defense. But now the thing is, Mississippi State can run it too. So uh, I guess the, uh, the the biggest question to me is is uh, you know the defensive problems that have been there are probably still going to be there, and uh, uh, so we'll see. But but Cadillac, I thought he was absolutely spectacular on the SEC teleconference Wednesday. I mean, I really did. I thought he was really, really good. And uh, um, I didn't I didn't hear him on Tiger Talk Thursday night, but I imagine he was good again. And uh, it's important to him, and I think they'll I think they'll go over there and play hard and play with that much pressure and uh, and give it their best shot. And I'll be surprised if they don't. Mark, you look at. Uh interim coaches i mean it was almost a joke here at the beginning of the season um from some people saying that you know if auburn wants to win a game they should just make a change right now because there was that stretch where interim coaches were were performing um so well i saw somebody say on twitter during that time it's like well you know auburn should just fire brian harson right before the iron bowl because it seems like interim coaches are going out and winning their next games um you know like philip mentioned this is we looked at this. We looked at this three-game stretch here, and none of these teams are are unbeatable. Obviously, Mississippi State gave Auburn a lot of problems in uh, in Jordan Hare last season, coming in and scoring you know forty unanswered points in the in the second half there. But this is a game where look, Cadillac's probably going to run the ball a bunch. Uh, Auburn's running backs are going to have an opportunity here, and you know if they if they play a little bit better on defense, this this is a game that they're that they are capable of winning, but uh, you know, like Phil mentioned, I think it starts on that on the defensive side of the ball. They they can't allow Will Rogers to just go do what he did last year because they'll, he'll just pick them apart all day long. I think it's going to be important, guys, for uh, Auburn to run the ball successfully and uh, you know take some pressure off the defense, and so they don't have to go and rush that quarterback 65, 75, 80 times a game because if that happens. Uh, Rogers is going to chop them up and and get a lot of yardage and um, he's had some monster games this season but it's not going to be easy because just think about it, Mississippi State's defense has been pretty good against the run and they've been pretty opportunistic against the pass they've got 10 interceptions they got one defensive back who's got five interceptions which Auburn only has two as a team and this that particular defensive back has run two back for touchdowns so uh, you know I'm curious are they going to put the quarterback under center? Are they going to put a fullback in there? Are they going to put John Samuel Schenker in there occasionally to block uh, and give Tank Bigsby or Jarquez Hunter some, you know, an opportunity to cut off that block and make some yardage? They're going to run two tight ends. They're going to run three tight ends. They got plenty of them. Um, they're going to try to shorten the game by running the ball 65, 70 percent of the time. That's a good question. And, uh, you know, Carnell mentioned the coaching staff on offense has been up to one o'clock plus in every morning um, trying to get this game plan ready. And he's talked about he thinks Mississippi State's a really good team, a very physical defensive team. So, you know, I think everybody understands the Pirate and his offense is different. Um, it's, you know, they're running a little bit better than they normally do and they're doing it more 
but still the big threat is, you know, pass defense. But, uh, um, you know, Mississippi State is physical on defense, and they're, they really do a lot of different things, too. They try to try to make you make mistakes with their blitz packages, and they're, they're just ultra-aggressive. So that's something to watch on, um, on Saturday night because we all know Auburn's made a lot of mistakes offensively, particularly with turnovers. And, uh, you know, maybe Auburn will simplify it a little bit and try to keep those to a minimum, guys. Yeah, Cadillac was was really good on uh, on Tiger Talk tonight. Yeah, that was one of the things he mentioned about how much he and the staff, and he gave a lot of credit to Auburn staff, which we'll touch on here now. Um, a shuffled a shuffled staff and assistant staff that's been moved around a little bit. Guys elevated in different spots. Um, said they've been they've been up there with him till one or two in the morning every single night, making sure they have a good game plan in place. Because he admitted, you know, he said we're, we're behind the eight ball from what a normal week of practice. Um, looks like you know obviously they, they it happened on the off day on monday but that doesn't mean it's easy to just go back to practice on tuesday under right. under a new head coach and with uh and with other coaches in place uh he said he's probably got about six or eight six to eight hours of sleep this entire week um said he gets up in the morning real excited to go back and be the head coach again but he said about noon every day it starts hitting him and so he's got to he's got to pound some coffee to finish uh finish the rest of the day but uh you know jason this this on-field staff on Saturday, um, John Samuel Shanker tonight, he he sort of indicated that it's going to be co-play calling duties between the co-OCs, between Ike Hilliard and Will Friend. That's, that's sort of what he insinuated when he, he was talking about, you know, making sure the scheme was still being executed. He mentioned um, those two guys. You've got a bunch of other or a couple other new coaches in place on Saturday. We mentioned the defense, Jeff Schmetting. You, you keep him in place. I know that a lot of people have been – Frustrated by the direction the defense has gone this season, but in, from a play calling perspective and from a scheme perspective, I think you just you want to make sure that doesn't crumble entirely, so you can keep your coordinator there. I, you know, I think it could. I think it could get worse um, if you if you lose out on the play calling there on that side of the ball. Just in terms of you know, like Mark mentioned, they could run the ball a lot. It'll be interesting to see what happens with their scheme and with their identity. What do you expect on Saturday from from some of these new assistants on the field? Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely think with with Cadillac being involved, uh, you're you're moving two more additional O line coaches on the field, and Kendall Simmons and, and uh, Joe Bernardi. Uh, Kendall, obviously former Auburn Tiger, coaching offensive line now. Joe Bernardi was an offensive lineman at Fresno State, a really good one, has coached offensive line and tight ends. He'll be coaching the tight ends now, and um, so you you think about kind of the just the the mindset and the background of most of these offensive coaches now and it's to be physical run the football and so I would expect that to be a big part of things and the the one thing I'm looking forward to seeing really out of this group is how much do you get Robbie Ashford involved in the run game not the scramble run but the actual run game we haven't seen much of a zone read some of those things I think it's an untapped gold mine for this offense because of, of the things he brings to the table. And, um, you know, we'll see if that's something they can, you know, that we've seen a little bit, but not much. Um, can you add some of those things in? Because um, Robbie Asher is already a dangerous runner, but if you make him a runner in the run game, um, then it puts a lot of pressure on the defense. It's the Mississippi State defense that has some size up front, pretty athletic, pretty talented. Um, like Mark mentioned, they've been pretty good against the run um, for the most part this season. And so, um, I mean, if you're Auburn, you got to be able to run the football. And I think it's going to be an emphasis for this team. Um, but, you know, that 
this this coaching, you know, the dynamics of that is it's a really interesting thing. You're playing on the road, you're gonna have a lot of noise. Communication issues are always tough, even in the best circumstances in Starville. Well, now you're you're talking about play callers that haven't been play callers calling somebody else's offense. I, I think sim- simple is the is the best way to go, uh, which means I don't expect to see a ton of different things um, from this offense. It's just, it's too hard to do in a short window, especially going on the road. Yeah, and turnovers have just been such an issue for this team this season. They weren't against Arkansas, and obviously the only other Power 5 game, the only Power 5 game they were able to win, they were able to cut the turnovers down. I, I think it goes back to defense so much in this game. I don't think Auburn can um, afford to let Mississippi State get rolling because, I like 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 Jason said, that seems like a game that could be controlling the clock. I don't, I don't know if Auburn will get into, you know, the 30s in this game. And so, um, you know, 24-21 type game would, I think, go a little bit more in their favor. Um, you know, Philip, we're, we're still, you know, in the early stages trying to trying to feel things out in this, uh, in this coaching search, of course, an in-season search is going to last, it's going to last longer. Um, obviously they can't really do much anything until the, until the year is over. And, uh, and you know, the reality is John Cohen's only been the, only been the AD for about three full, three full days now. Um, you know, fans got to see him for the first time in, in Neville arena, at the, the exhibition game, the exhibition basketball game on, uh, on Wednesday night, he'll he'll be in Starkville seeing his old uh, seeing his old programs again. That should be that should be interesting how they uh, how they react there. But um, you know, as as you look around at all the different information that is you know is is coming about about the coaching search, um, really at the end of the day, the, the the takeaway right now is that it's early and just like we talked about with the AD search, and it came to light because John Cohen was not didn't didn't rear up until the end of it. Just like we didn't really know what 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 Christopher Roberts was doing, um, you know, John Cohen's got his plan right now, and and the only person who one hundred percent knows what that is right now is is him and and probably and probably Doctor Roberts. Well, and maybe Rich McGlynn as well. Uh, uh, I do think that that uh, their search is underway. I, I, you can talk to all the agents you want to, and. Uh, and that's usually what happens. Uh, uh, there's been numerous cases where basically the deal was made uh, with the agent, and then you have a perfunctory meeting slash interview, whatever. And uh, but the deal is already done, and uh, and and so it doesn't take long. And you you obviously can't do you can't let this stretch out like the AD search did. Uh, it's just too important to get to get it in place as quickly as possible after the Iron Bowl, and I'll be surprised if it's more than a, a few days after the Iron Bowl at that. Uh, but uh, you know, <laughs> I see all the uh, quote inside sources, message board sources saying this guy's a leading candidate, that guy's a leading candidate, this, that, the other. I, I don't know how anybody knows that. I, I think we've all got a feeling for about who who guys are that, might, that would likely be of interest, but there might be somebody we hadn't even heard of too. So, uh, as always, I mean, everybody's going to be trying to find find something out, but kind of like the AD thing, going to be hard. Jason, I guess when you look at this one, what are a couple? 
you, you talked about already keeping things simple. Seems like that's a that's a smart offensive plan for Auburn in this game. Can they can they control both sides of the ball well enough to put themselves in a in a position to be in it in the fourth quarter and win the game? Yeah, I think so because I, I just don't trust this Mississippi State team, even though they play they're completely different football team at home than they are away. And um, you know, and for for the average fan that hasn't been to Starkville, you, you don't realize how loud it gets over there. I mean, those cowbells are extremely loud, and they say. Well, they don't ring them, you know, when when the ball snap, but they ring them all the other time, and it's it's annoying and it has an impact. It absolutely does. But they've added, you know, bleachers in the end zone to create a student section, so it's it's a much more hostile environment, and so it's a difficult place to play. I think Auburn can run the ball. Um, I, I think I've seen some positives from them and the things they've done. I think they'll be able to run it. Um, you know, Mississippi State. If Auburn can create pressure with their four guys, that's the key. As Mark mentioned earlier, the more you have to bring, the more trouble you're in. And you know, you see Alabama. Alabama's been the king of defending Mike Leach defense. You know, offenses. They're the king of doing it, and you rarely ever see them blitz anybody. It's three and four, and and they're able to get pressure with those guys and cover and tackle. Tackle's a key word. That's the thing that we've been talking about for Auburn's defense for quite a while. They just haven't been tackling very well. And if you don't tackle very well against Mississippi State, you may be in for a long day. I think a little energy rejuvenates this team. I think it's close. I think Auburn makes a game out of it. But I think Mississippi State 27-24. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, and to add to that, they've got the apparently you know, everybody's got to have their whiteout. Apparently, they're doing a whiteout. Um, <laughs> semi whiteout. Semi whiteout. Yeah, we got a picture of a guy in, in, in an all white <laughs> uniform, but they're not wearing all white uniforms. They're just wearing a white helmet and white pants, apparently, and a maroon jersey. So it's not quite a whiteout, um, but oh well, that's what it is. Yeah, I uh, mistakenly thought they were gonna that Auburn was gonna wear their. You'll forgive me if I thought that the home team uh, yeah, no, it, it, it like <laughs> it's going to wear all white. It'll be right as well. But uh, yeah, Philip. I mean, this this has all the makings of a of a game where Auburn can come out and like like we've all talked about play energized for for Cadillac. I know you said this was one that you wouldn't be surprised if if Auburn comes out and wins just because of all the circumstances and Mississippi State's not necessarily a killer. How? How would they be able to do that? And then, uh, what's what's your prediction for Saturday? Well, here's a couple of things. One, I think Auburn, I think Auburn will run the ball probably two thirds of the time, and uh, 
I think Pike Bixby has he's been he is running with some purpose these days. And uh I think they will try to ride him and Jarquez. And uh and I agree with what Jason said earlier about about using uh Robbie Ashford in the in the running game. Uh I mean, we only got to look back what now nine years when it was Nick Marshall and Trey Mason. And people really couldn't handle it. They did they couldn't deal with it. Uh and there's some similarities there. But now of course that's not what they've been doing all year. How much have they practiced that or whatever, that's what you don't know. And really, I mean, what I guess they've had one day in full pass to practice for this game and, and uh so that's that's I can see why you know, you said Cadillac said behind the eight ball, I can see that. Biggest question to me is can they keep their defense from running out of gas? And and the answer to that question will be no if they insist on playing people 65 or 70 snaps on the defensive line. Uh, and I'm not real confident that won't happen because uh, that's really the same uh, coaching staff as they've had all year on defense. So, uh, But I just think that Auburn will be energized I'm not a big Mississippi State believer, uh, but they are much better at home. And I picked Mississippi State, and I've forgotten what the score was, but uh, by a few points. And uh, now I would probably stick with that, but what Auburn needs is to get some turnovers and not give the ball away. Uh, to me, that's the first step in winning. Don't turn it over, get some turnovers. And uh, don't go over there and get a bunch of pre-snap penalties and stuff because of the noise, which is different. Anybody who had never been there before, I mean, it is different when those cowbells get to clanging. But uh, I think Auburn could win. I do. And I, I believe Auburn could have a big game running the ball. And they're going to need to. So we'll see. But I, I picked Mississippi State in a close game, but I think Auburn has a real chance to win. Mark, I think we're going to have at least one Auburn pick. I haven't looked at everybody's. I know we'll have at least one. Are you are you going to be among that crowd? Um, no, I'm not. Um, I will say this: what uh, you know, what Philip and Jason were just talking about, how loud it is over there. This is the only stadium where I wear uh, earplugs inside my headphones, and uh, it's that loud because I've left with a couple major headaches there covering games there over the years because of the cowbell and just the pitch of the noise is irritating to say the least. And it's I've been that way for a long time for a lot of people who go over there. But uh, I picked 31 to 20 for a couple of reasons. Number one, Mississippi State's had two weeks to prepare for this game. Um, number two, I you know what Phillips said, I don't believe they're going to rotate the defensive line enough keep those guys fresh for the fourth quarters. Fourth quarters have been a huge problem for Auburn this year. Um, having a hard time converting third downs, hard time stopping opposing offenses on third downs who are converting at a 50% rate in that period, which is way too high, especially if it's close enough for the game to be on the line. And then you throw in all the changes on how Auburn's operating this week. Well, that's a lot to overcome. I'm not going to say Auburn's, not going to win this game because I've seen them beat Mississippi State a lot, but I don't think it's happening this week, even though it would be um, terrific for Cadillac for this to happen. And I'd say 
if Auburn wins this game, fans are going to be fired up for the Texas A&M game in Jordan-Hare Stadium. We'll see the liveliest crowd of the year if that happens. Yeah, I think I think you can expect a. I think that'll be a great crowd regardless of Saturday. I think that you've seen a lot of people already saying. I saw a couple people on our board say that as soon as Cadillac was was named the interim, they went and bought some tickets for for that game. Uh, should be a should be a good one under the lights between a couple teams that'll be looking to avoid last place in the uh, in the SEC West. Ice yeah, I almost last place game. Yes. Last Yeah, absolutely. Georgia, Georgia, Tennessee, take a back seat to Auburn, Texas A&M uh, in week 11. But, uh, yeah, I almost I almost look at this game and think that if Auburn had moved on from Brian Harson during the bye week and this wasn't, you know, they had three full – and you only had three full practices to, to get this new coaching staff settled in and, and get a game plan going and kind of get some rhythm – I almost think that if you know if they were on their second week of doing this with Cadillac and these new coaches, um, maybe I, maybe I would think Auburn would have a better chance in this game. I still think they do, um, but you know Mississippi State's coming off of a bye week. That's not you know something that that needs to be uh, that needs to be addressed for sure because um, that could be a good advantage for them. So I you know I do expect a, a vanilla game plan for Auburn where that I think and I think you know Tank Bigsby and Jarquez Hunter in a, in a run heavy offense that will yield a couple touchdown drives, maybe a few touchdown drives. Um, but again, Mississippi State coming off the bye, the way Will Rogers performed against this team last season, and just the you know the defensive problems that Auburn's faced recently, I do think it'll be a fun game. I do think Auburn will show a lot of fight. Um, but I ended up picking Mississippi State forty-one to uh, to twenty-four. We'll see if they end up scoring that much. But uh, I don't know. That's what I've thought the past few weeks. I haven't thought teams would score that much, and they don't run the ball as much. But uh, I've been wrong every time, and so we'll. Uh, We'll see what happens there. Wanted to get to a few other games before we before we check out for the night. Um, the top one being Jason, now number one Tennessee. It did not start the week as being number one Tennessee going on the road to Georgia, but you know, we thought we had the game of the year between Tennessee and Alabama and the SEC, and in terms of how things played out, it probably will be that way because I don't know how you could – if this game is better than that game, then it, I don't. it would be unreal. Um, but in terms of stakes – Pretty likely that whoever wins this one is gonna is gonna go to uh is gonna go to Atlanta and represent the SEC East. You have this seemingly unstoppable Tennessee offense against a Georgia defense that was generational last year and is still pretty dang good this season as well. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and call it. The winner Saturday is gonna be in Atlanta because they're not losing twice with the rest of the schedule either one of those teams has. So um I pick Tennessee. Um I think this offense is really good. Uh, I've just I've had this issues with Georgia's offense and they've scored a lot of points and they've done things, but they also keep turning the ball over and they keep throwing a bunch of Stetson Bennett. This team just doesn't run it nearly as well as, as it needs to. And I tell you what, this Tennessee defensive front is playing better. Um, they're doing a much better job up front. Shocker. Rodney Garner has got a defensive line playing pretty well in Tennessee. Um, and so I, you know, Georgia, you know, when you, when you look at, when you look for me, the, the loss of their best pass rusher and and their most electric edge guy is a big deal for this game when when you look at that. And so I picked Tennessee 34-31. I think it's gonna be a great football game. Um I think this this is a team that's got some swag to it. You know, um I don't know if it's LSU 2019, but man, they they're a confident bunch and um you're confident and and you've you, you got a feel for what you're doing, and they got some playmakers outside. 
Um, it's uh, it's going to be really interesting. So I picked Tennessee to win a close one. I thought they had a chance to compete with Alabama and Georgia this season, and now I think they got more than a chance to do that. Yeah, I was – their performance against Kentucky was another just really impressive one, like Jason said, on the defensive side. You know, Kentucky's no juggernaut on offense, that's for sure. Um, but just another great performance. Very opportunistic defense. You combine that with a really strong – defensive front and then with the nolan smith news I, I i found myself picking tennessee as well i might you know we'll see what happens they do have to go to athens if this game was in knoxville like the alabama game no question i would have gone with uh gone with tennessee there but uh there's a bunch of other this is this could be the best slate of games um all year a bunch of other really good ones uh you look here uh the other one you know top five clemson goes on the road to play Notre Dame, that's a game that Clemson sh- certainly should win, but you never know. They struggled with Syracuse at home. They're not very consistent, Clemson is, um, this season. And, uh, Philip, I guess I want to get your thoughts, too, on the, there's another really big one in the, in, in the SEC. I mean, LSU's played really well as of late, and uh, Baton Rouge is a really tough place to play. Nick Saban, is, his teams have performed really well there. Um, but Alabama's also not been overly consistent this year. They're still one of the best teams in the country. Um, but I, I wonder if, if any of us – I picked Alabama. I wonder if any of us have given LSU a shot in that game. I, pick, I picked Alabama as well, but I, I definitely think LSU has a shot. Uh, there's there's something about this Alabama team. I don't know what it is. They, they just seem to be missing something. Uh, I mean, they've survived, but, I mean, they – could have, should have lost to Texas, who's a pretty average team. They two yards away from losing to Texas A&M, and I know they didn't have their quarterback and whatnot, but heck, a lot of people played with that quarterback, their starting quarterback this year. Uh, and LSU, I'm just not yet sold on LSU. I mean, they they got blown out at home by Tennessee, and I know that's Tennessee. But if you're really good, you shouldn't get beat 42 to 13 or whatever it was at home by Tennessee. And they beat Florida, who's clearly not very good. And uh, so uh, uh, we'll see. But Alabama's history in Baton Rouge with Saban is, and you know, and really, and not just Saban, before, uh, for years, Alabama LSU used to be a whole lot like Auburn, Georgia used to be, and that the, the the distant team won more than the home team. So Alabama has a history, even before Saban, of playing, of playing well in, uh, in Baton Rouge. And uh, it's just hard for me to pick against them in that situation. And plus, like I said, I'm just – I'm not all the way so on LSU. Yeah, so we're, this Bama hasn't – or Bama hasn't lost in Baton Rouge since 2010. Something like that, I believe. I believe that was the year. Uh, we're the Jeff- uh, of course, I'll say snap longer than they are because they don't, they only play every other year, but still yeah. would be like six straight. So, yeah, yeah, they've lost to, they've lost in Brian Denny a couple times since then. Yeah, um, Mark, I know you I know you're upset that I had Oklahoma State on the picks this week because they they have not been <laughs> they have not been treating you um, very well. But Oklahoma State, I can't figure them out. What'd you say? I said I have I cannot figure that team out. <laughs> No, I cannot. I I can't either. Um, only one of us picked K State. I don't know who it was last week. I went on to win that game forty-eight to nothing. 
That was you, Philip. That's correct. There you go. Look at that. Big Missouri tape. There you go. And somehow, somehow, none of our stand. We could find some separation in the in the standings this week. I think for sure because there's there. This is easily our biggest uh, our biggest slate of games. And so, yeah. After after a couple games during the day after after Georgia Tennessee, y'all be able to turn to Auburn and Mississippi State. Should be really interesting. Um, should be. Uh, should be should be really cool to see you know it's 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 cool to see Cadillac Williams um, get this opportunity and we're expecting Auburn to play hard for him and you know we I was sitting we were sitting in the complex on on Monday and they came out of that meeting there was a couple players who turned to the running backs and said y'all are gonna y'all are gonna carry the ball seventy times today um, and so that you know that this is a team that I think you know I, I said it earlier this week that it's not like they were excited that Brian Harson got fired. But they came out of that meeting on Monday, I think, excited for the opportunity of of one of their assistant coaches, a guy who's recruited a lot of them, um, a guy who's given a lot to a lot of these players, and so I think they're excited to do to do the same for him on Saturday. So I think we'll about we'll about wrap it up there. Appreciate everybody for tuning in and listening today. If you guys enjoyed the show, go check us out and give us a review on Apple or Spotify. That's the number one thing. That helps us out. The bumper music is by Beats by Mordecai. You guys can follow him on Twitter, SoundCloud, and Instagram. And until the next episode, we will catch you guys later. Everybody have a great rest of the week. Talk to you all soon. Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.